at our church, we have a lot of gifted men and women who handle the Word of God well, who understand the Word of God well, and uh, I enjoy giving them opportunity to speak to you and share with you. And so I asked uh, Ben Haskell this morning uh, to, to share and bring the Word to you this morning, um, and he graciously agreed, so I'm excited to hear what God has put on his heart. And so uh, Ben's going to come this morning and, and share the, the Word with us. Thank you, Ben. Test one, two. I think they got me up there. I only did this because I got to take my mask off. (laughs) I've spent the last 15 plus months just studying COVID guidelines, trying to be a good boy, trying to run the school correctly and keep everybody safe and well. Um, I'm probably like, like you right about now, about ready to... Uh, take our masks and have a party when we absolutely can do away with them. So, amen. (laughs) Um, Pastor asked me about talking about becoming your calling. And of course, we've been talking about the calling of God that God has for all who believe. I believe God even has a calling for those who don't believe, okay? But your calling as a believer is something special, and that's what, more what I'm going to focus on, okay? We all are called by the Spirit of God. He resides in the believer, and we're to walk with him, walk in that fellowship, and to walk in the light just as Jesus was in the light. That's a cool thing, okay, isn't it? We get to walk in the light of God. And just as Jesus was in the light. So I'd like to take a a moment and just pray and ask God's uh, blessing upon his word. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you, God. It is your gift to us as your children. You've given it, Lord, that we might know you, the writer behind every word. We thank you for how you kept the word inspired through the writers, through the speakers. We thank you, God, that We pray, and we pray this morning, that as I take the word and and, and break it, so to speak, that uh, we would be fed, that uh, the word would live and germinate and produce good fruit in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So I I thought uh, to talk briefly about my testimony. Now, How many people, when you hear the word calling, you think about a job that God wants you to do? Anybody think that way? Okay, yeah, okay. And I want to tell you, I think think that's got a lot of truth to it, but we like to put the name on the job, okay? We like to put the name on things. And I think the calling of God, honestly, is much more bigger than that. And you can't always put a name on God's calling. um, God God has called us to be faithful in that which is little. And then he says, he who is faithful in little, I will give him 
a lot more. <laughs> I'll give him much. I'll give him more to do because he has been faithful in that which is little. So I, I, I think the little things, some, quite often we don't understand what God is doing through those. But there's many Old Testament characters where we can see that. Remember the story of David? He was, he was the runt of the litter, so to speak. He was the little guy that was out on the edge of the field attending his father's sheep. And when Samuel came to anoint the next king, David was still out in the field. The father called all the other brothers except David. Remember that? Was David going to miss his calling? That didn't go down that way, did it? God knows where to find you. Even if the dad, of all people, was hiding him. Now, some of us say, gee, that sounds like PTSD for David right about there, doesn't it? Because he's the one that dad doesn't recognize. He says, oh, what about my oldest? You know, really proud of him, you know. And the little guy's out there tending sheep. Matter of fact, we know later when David defeated Goliath, his brothers still looked down on him. What are you doing here? You ought to be back there taking care of the sheep. What are the sheep doing? You're here. Why are you here? Uh, you just want to snoop around and see what's going on. Okay, that's enough about David. But you get, you get the picture, okay? God knows who he's after. You need to find out David was known as the man after God's own heart. The apple of his eye. Okay? So he can find the least and exalt them to a great place. One of the things that we're going to see, when you, when you begin to look at people who are serving God, I really believe that one of the qualities, greatest qualities, humility, is being willing to do the little things and still focus on the Lord and serve God, whether good things happen or bad things happen. So your calling isn't focused on just what lucky breaks you get, okay? It's not just when your ship comes in, as we used to say. I don't know if they still use that expression. Have everybody still hear that? Anybody not hear that? Put your hand up. Make me feel old, okay? It's, it's, not, it's not when the ship comes in. It's not when you get the lucky break. It's not when you win a uh, publisher's clearinghouse, okay? That's, that's, not, that's not how it goes down. God, God sees Joseph. Now, Joseph's a little bit different character because unlike David, he was loved by God, he, uh, loved by his dad, and he was made a big deal out of. He got the coat of many colors. His brothers were jealous, uh, you know, back then, uh, they had more than one wife, so this is the case, you know, with, with, with dad here, and uh, Joseph comes from his favorite wife, okay? So there's just all this going on, but the brothers don't like him. They despise him to the point they, okay, make sure that he gets sold off to the Ishmaelites, who take him down eventually and sell him off to, to Egypt, and everything happens in his, his, his life, and everything, when he does the right thing, bad things happen. 
Okay? Have you ever experienced that? Okay? You do the good thing and the bad thing happens. Okay? You say, why did I even bother? Why do I even try to do what is right? Oh, nobody, nobody, Christians don't think that, right? No, we know better. Because as many times that we have thought that. When we do right, we don't know what will come, how it will be received. We are still called to do the right thing. And I'm going to give you a verse on that. Um, you guys don't have to bring it up yet, but it's First uh, Peter uh, chapter 2, somewhere around 19, okay? And, and it's, 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 it's a great verse in the Bible, and uh, I'm going to pull it up and read it to you. It was given to me by a man who influenced my life as a Christian school educator and uh, told me to memorize it. So I memorized it. But my memory isn't what it used to be. So here we go. Yeah, for here, uh, 219. I, get, I did get the reference right. For it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering. Okay? The Bible says it's unjust. Okay? Because he is conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating? Okay? Usually we don't get beaten, but if we do the wrong thing, we okay, can expect negative consequences. So if you suffer for doing good and endure it, this is what's commendable to God. See, so does God see your pain? Does God see when things that you do right with all the good intention that might cost you something, might cost you time, effort, money, relationships, and everything goes south, does God see that? Sometimes we don't think he does, but God, I want to tell you this morning, God sees that. It is precious to God. And when it all goes bad, you have to stop yourself as a believer and look this way and say, yep, I just got hit from all around me, but God sees it and he says, it is commendable. I am pleased. I am smiling. You are still doing the right thing. You are serving me. God, when we do that in humility before God, okay, not only does he see it, but I guarantee you, people will start noticing. They may tell you, they may not. But in due time, the person that humbles himself and has chosen to do the right thing, God will, will give you more because he's pleased. And you're, see, calling sometimes isn't always just the position It's what you do with the position. It's how you react. It's your attitude. I've I've known people in my life who have had so-called the low position, but they have treated the position like it is something from God that God has given them. I grew up in a time where my mom used to tell me, I hope I don't offend anybody out there. I'm not intending to, because I don't look at trash collectors or garbage collectors any lower than I do my position or President of the United States. I think it's what you do with the position. But in my life, I was told, 
You don't want to be the garbage collector. I'm sure it smelled bad to my mom, but it seemed like a lot of other guys in my neighborhood heard that as well. Okay. Um, they used to go around to all the houses with the big garbage truck, and they'd go around and they'd go to your backyard, pick up the pail, and dump it. Okay? Again, I won't ask how many people remember that because you don't see that anymore. Okay. And I said, okay, yeah, I don't, don't think I want to smell garbage all day. Anyway, if you do whatever it is that God gives you as unto God, okay, again, he will honor you because you have honored him. Okay? Okay. I've, um, I've experienced a life where I've grown up uh, Mansfield, Mass., kind of average town in southeastern Mass., and uh, kind of got interested in what all my friends were doing, the crazy things they were doing through high school. Did a lot of them with them. Probably was the cause of some of those things that happened back then. And, but I also wanted to do the right thing at the same time. Um, for instance, I decided that a lot of what my parents told me was, was valid, but at the same time, I wanted to have lots of fun, okay? And I was letting fun being, was honestly defined by whatever my friends were doing. I wanted to hang out with them. I wanted to be part of what was going on. And I found out that after a few years, that wasn't really a whole lot of fun, okay? And it was leaving me empty. And I didn't know where I was headed. I was slowly losing my way through college and, and didn't know whether or not I was going to finish. I didn't know I was going to fail out. I failed courses for the first time and the courses I just shouldn't have finished because of diversions. I'll rather than go into those, I'll simply say diversions. Okay, other things that kept my interests, time, and efforts away from school. God had a plan for me back then. There's a plan for you and me that God has. There's an intention that God has for all of us. There's, um, and he's going to, he knows your address. He knows where you are. And God found me on, on the main street of my hometown one night as a 19 and a half year old. I was driving through town after dropping off my date who happens to now be my wife, Peg. And uh, I figured I'd cruise through town and see what was going on after midnight. And uh, I had a friend who used to sit behind me in homeroom. He got into my vehicle and began to tell me about how I could know Christ. And that wasn't where he was at just a couple years before that as a high school student. I received Christ that night, not knowing what to expect, but knowing that God was already putting things in my heart so that when I went home a little bit more than an hour later, I began to, wanted to read the Bible, wanted to pick it up, and, began, and proceeded to read the Gospel of Matthew, the entire Gospel of Matthew, all 28 chapters. 
in the space of about four hours. I went to sleep somewhere after 5 a.m. and got up a little bit two hours later. Two hours later, I woke up and said, I think I want to go to church. I don't know why God was putting these things in my heart and giving me these desires to go read his word or go to church, but God was already active in wanting to bring good things into my life and giving me a hunger for those things. I did. I went to church after two hours of sleep, but I felt the best I had felt probably in my entire life. As, as time went on, I began to think, what do I do with this life? And I ran into some great people who told me, be faithful wherever God puts you. Serve God there. Over time, without going into a lot of details, I felt God maybe wanting me to be an educator. And as I sought to be an educator, um, I had things that were short-circuited because I was a believer in Christ. And it's kind of a long story, but it was, I was cut off from going in the direction of being a public school educator. And over time, I, you know, I got a, graduated, went to work, uh, went to work for a bank for a couple years. I realized that wasn't it. And still said, I, I still feel called to go back and go into education. And uh, during that time, I met the uh, man who was the pastor of this church back then, somewhere in, I believe it was 1976, okay, and he was telling me that he was uh, starting this school called Faith Christian School in Hyannis, okay? I says, oh, there's Christian schools? I didn't know they existed. Okay, that, that sounds like a cool thing. Um, I can honor Christ and serve God. And I, th- I began to think, well, maybe, maybe I'll work there. Well, quite honestly, during the conversation, I really felt they were more interested in hiring my wife than they were me. So I kept moving in the direction of figuring out how to go back to school and then get a teaching certificate and then see what God had for me, whether it was public school, Christian school. I was just exploring the ground, if you will, exploring the possibilities. And over, I got a, uh, I figured when I began to do that, and it was about a year and a half that went by, and I called the pastor, actually it was just, it was right around a year, and my, my call that went to the pastor at the church, Dick Roby at the time, um, he told me, well, gee, somebody has just left, and we're looking for somebody, and we're meeting. I don't know, it's the same day or that night. And he said, um, okay, we'll, we'll consider you, okay? And the next thing I knew, I was, I was hired. And I began to teach here in February of 1978, okay? 43-plus years ago. Um, and I, and I just, I just want to say that just God calls us 
to be faithful. I'm just sharing this because God calls us to be faithful in whatever it is. And, and since that time, I've, I've worked here almost 10 years. I, as, as, as a teacher, I've um, started the Heritage Christian Academy that ran in North Falmouth for 27 years. Um, I moved out to the West Coast and ran a school for 18 years out there that was a K-8 school that grew from 265 to 455 during that time. That was a lot of fun, okay? And there's a lot of stories behind that. But God, God was faithful through every little step of the way. Um, God eventually brought me back, which is why I'm standing here now. I'm brought back to Trinity Christian uh, 12 years ago. Um, there are many stories of God revealing, and I think God gives each and every one of us little encouragements, sometimes big encouragements. Uh, there were times where I felt God just about wrote things on the wall for me. But I think if we're honest and open before God, and we're willing to step out on those things that God is calling us to, that he'll confirm those things. He'll make a way for those things. Okay, he'll make a way where there's no way. He'll make a, he'll, he, might, he might want to use you in an area that you've always wanted to do something. Maybe you've held back. Maybe you've just convinced yourself, or you had somebody else who convinced you you couldn't do it. It might have been like Joseph's brothers. It might have been like David's dad. Okay? You can't do that. Or I don't have the money. Or I don't have the time. And I would tell you that if you're seeking whatever it is, Whatever God has put in your heart, put it before the Lord. Put it before the Lord. Keep it there. Say, Lord, I really feel like I want to do this, but I'm looking for that opportunity. I'm looking for that chance. And put it before the Lord. Okay? He knows. He, you don't have that in your heart by an accident. It doesn't just happen. God equips you with your talents, your giftings, your personality, okay? And he is developing fruit in your life. Matter of fact, I'll add to that. He equips you with your body, too. Amen? Okay? No matter what you saw in the mirror this morning, whether you liked it, didn't like it, no matter how many times you fixed it, whether it's a good hair day, a bad hair day, okay? God knows, and God made you. Amen? And he loves you. He loves you. Matter of fact, if I could even say to the point, you might give me a hard time for this later, but God thinks you're cute. Okay? Okay, guys, okay, handsome. I'll, I'll try. Um, but God really does love you. Okay? And he's got a plan for you. That plan, I believe, is faithfulness, I believe it's humility. I believe it's based on faith. It's putting things out there before God, praying about them. Maybe sharing them with somebody else.
that you trust, that you value, and can confirm that gifting, that sense that where you are going, that says, you know, I can see God using you that way. Okay? Maybe you've told that to somebody else. Maybe you've heard that from another brother or sister in Christ. Maybe you simply want to say, I want to ask that friend of mine to pray with me. Hey, what do you think about this? Can you pray with me? I really think God's calling me. There are stories about the talents that Jesus taught. And he said, the person who is faithful and least, okay, I will give him more. I will give him opportunity to be faithful with more. I do think we struggle with things in our life. We, we look at our own image. We look at our own abilities. Sometimes we downplay them. Sometimes we weren't affirmed. Some of you might be late bloomers. I think all Christians, to some degree, when we know Christ and we live before him, we begin to bloom. And in a sense, maybe we're late bloomers. But God, you know, giftings, what are giftings? Giftings, I think, are just, maybe you're smart in certain areas. Maybe you're socially smart. Okay, maybe you're really good at music, administration. Maybe you're good at art. Maybe you're good at baking. All those things, sometimes we take for granted and we think everybody else is good at those things. And I can make a whole list, okay? Use those giftings for the Lord. Think of how God creatively can use you and fulfill the calling that he has given you. Maybe you have certain giftings with, maybe you're good at tools, maybe you're good at mechanics, maybe you're good at, you know, whatever it is. God, God has given us all a gift to use. There's... Um, I believe that in the hands of the master, in the, in the hands of God, in the hands of Jesus Christ, all things are truly possible. Okay? And we are in, I started signing a lot of my emails in the last 14 months in God's capable hands. Because okay? I was reminded every day that regardless of what's going on, I am resting. I choose to rest in God's hands. I don't choose to rest in Mr. Fauci, okay? And that's not to put him down. I'm sure he's trying hard to do his job, okay? But putting my hands in government or any president, I choose to put my hands, my life, in God's hands because they are capable. God is able. He really is. He's able and he's also loving, and he knows you from the moment, even, well, I want to say the moment you're created, because that's all my brain can really get its, uh, itself around, but um, I think this was shared, uh, I don't know, in the last week or two. Uh, I'm going to go back and, and, and share this again, but it's Second, Second Timothy 
chapter 1. And uh, it says in, in verse 8, So don't be ashamed to testify about our Lord or ashamed of me as prisoner, but join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who has saved us and called us, called us to a holy life. See, we're, we're all called. This is a general call to live a holy life, separated to God in pursuit of him. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his purpose and his grace. Okay? You know, God's calling, whether you fulfill it or not, God has a calling, again, for you and for me. And it says, this grace was given us, to us, in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. Okay? Again, we can't comprehend it because you all had a beginning. God had a physical beginning. Now, God knows exactly long before that happened, not just a few millenniums, but at the beginning of time, God had you in mind. God had a purpose for you in mind. Take that personally. This is, I, don't believe, I don't believe this is just for Timothy. This is for you and me today. We should be excited that the God of the universe is equipping you and calling you by his grace, by his Holy Spirit, to do wonderful things in his name. So pursue that calling. Pursue God's purpose. Know him. Rest in him. Submit to him. And follow him. God is bigger than any person, any situation, any entity that's out there. He's bigger, he's smarter, and he's able. Okay? Now, what happens to us as believers? Okay? The rubber really meets the road. Where do we struggle? Okay? I think the first area we struggle is our flesh. I think, and I'd like to uh, go over really quick. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to skip one part of where some of my notes are here. And uh, otherwise I'm going to go way too long too. I got to remember this is on stream. Um, Maybe we can pull up uh, Galatians 5. Get it up there on the screen. Thank you. Everybody knows John 8.36, he who the Son of Man sets free is? Free Free indeed. Not just free, free indeed. Okay? Very, okay, Christ wants us to be free. There's, There's other scriptures where for this For this reason, the Son of God was manifest. For this purpose, the Son of God came in flesh and blood to destroy the works of the evil one. To give his life as a ransom for many. To rise again that sin can be defeated. So we have a freedom. 
Paul is writing to the Galatians, and the reason why he's talking about freedom, okay, is because there's things going on in Galatia where they want them to go back to the law. And Paul just sees this as going backwards in terms of faith, in terms of who Christ is, and is really dishonoring to Christ. So in in the first verse of Galatians 5, he says, For freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Okay, Christ has set you free. Free for what? Free to live for him. Free to fulfill his purpose. Free to walk in him and have and not be held back. Not be held back by this world, not be held back by yourself or any other possible thing. There is a freedom there. God has called us to be overcomers. Okay? I'm not saying this, this is easy and I'm sending you out here and say, but I'm, I'm telling you that if you, ha- if you can walk in the freedom of Christ, okay, then you have great freedom to walk out your calling in Christ and to become who Christ has called you to be. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I'm going to I'm going to jump down here in the verse. I think the next one I had up might have been verse 6 or 13. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's quite a statement. I mean, when I come across this in the Bible, and it says, and the only thing that counts, and there's a lot of things that count. There's a lot of things that are important in the Bible. Matter of fact, Jesus was once asked by the rich young ruler that, what do I have to do to have eternal life? And, and Jesus quoted the Shema that's out of De- Deuteronomy. And, and he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. And then he said, also love your neighbors yourself. Paul's writing here, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. It's funny because he's the same person that ends 1 Corinthians with now abide three things. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Sometimes we hear that at weddings if they read the entire chapter, right? So, so what is this thing that expressing ourselves through, through love? Okay, faith, because we so are in love with Christ. He's not a side thing. He is the main thing. And I think this is sometimes where we struggle. We, we hit things in life and, and we go back to our default. We go back to our understanding that it's not based on God's word. I think if we keep Christ first and say, come what may, whatever happens will happen. I will trust Christ. This was the attitude of the apostles. This is the attitude of the disciples. This is the attitudes of believers who share a victorious story of walking in faith and loving God. 
We have a freedom to do that. Yep. Not everybody will speak well of you. There's going to be times that says, I wonder why I did that. And I hope you can remember that, nope, keep your mind and heart on Christ. Don't move it off of there. Don't move it off of there. Keep it on Christ. Trust him for the results. I want to tell you something. Even if you do something that doesn't come out right, do you know God uses that? Okay? I've learned a lot of things, and, and, and if I was really smart, I would have listened to some of the things that were told me that were true and just done them. You know what I did? I did what a lot of you do. Okay? Uh, I think I want to do this. I want to find out if what mom and dad told me was the right thing to do. So I went and did it my way. I might have thought it was cool, and I might have found out right away it wasn't, and I might have found out after a long time it wasn't. If you can live for Christ and express your faith through God's love and look back at your life, okay, you're going to feel good about it. You're going to see how God used it. And even when things didn't come out right, that he taught you something, even if you learned it the hard way. I learn best when I learn the hard way because it creates that memory where it says, nope, won't do that one again. Okay, verse 13. And it says... You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. There's that word freedom again. We are free because Christ has loved us and empowered us. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Okay? What's your favorite food? What's your favorite dessert? Sometimes... Our favorite things are what takes over because they feed our flesh. I like to focus on food, okay? It's hard for me to go without ice cream a certain length of time, particularly when the weather starts warming up, okay? You can say amen. I, th- I think we're really ice cream addicts. I, w- I go out to the Northwest and honestly, it was very hard to find a lot of ice cream places. Peg's nodding her head. I, I, I came back to Cape Cod, and there was more ice cream places than ever in the space of 18 years. I, Cape Cod Creamery didn't exist when I left the Cape in 91. I come back in 09, and now Cape Cod Creamery's got at least three places where they're serving ice cream from. It was four seas and what... Katie's been, or Kate's been there a long time on the main street. Party Free's been there a long time. Yeah, I know where they all are. <laughs> Certain affinities, you know. I think, I think sometimes we get distracted because there's, a, there's that moment of weakness, and we all know what it's like probably to break a diet, but just using that as a a funny, simple thing that I think we all relate to. Sometimes, when I read this, do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh, I don't think it's saying all ice cream is sinful. Okay? Please don't think that walking out of here. Okay? But I think 
when we put an indulgence of our flesh before God, okay, we're in trouble. Okay? We're in trouble. We know that that's, that's not the road we want to go down. And yet it's, it's easy to do. And by, by flesh, it could, be, it could be anything. Okay, Sometimes we think of the flesh. We think of the sins of the flesh. So we, we think of other things regarding, uh, you know, extramar- say, extramarital sex or, or overindulging in a meal. The word indulge is used there. So it's easy to see that. But we think of the flesh. And, but... Our flesh is something that sometimes it's what's going on in our mind, too. And to bring our body into submission is another place in Scripture that um, I'll, I'll get over to in just a moment. I've got I've to start wrapping up here. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to go down and, and down to verse 22. Did I, gave, did, did I give you 20? 22 to the end? Put up there, thank you. By the fruit of, okay, God wants to develop you the fruit of the Spirit, okay? Everybody like fruit? Okay, good. God wants to develop in you good things, good things that are, will bless you and bless others, okay? So love, joy, peace, forbearance, putting up with people, okay? Putting up with situations, Kindness, goodness, those are things, honestly, I think those two words be good to talk about even more. Like, one of the things I've often thought about kindness uh, is just being kind to people, people who you don't agree with, people who think differently than you, people who look a lot different than you, people who believe a certain way, and, and you know they really don't like you because of what you believe? How do I show kindness? How do I love them? How do I come out of myself? Because if I'm, if I'm calling myself a Christian, a believer, I've, I'm going to be more like Jesus and learning how to love those people. I'm not saying agree with them, but learning how to love them. I'm challenged with that. I think, I think we all are to a great degree. I've, I've got a hold of a book by a man that uh, is now the president of Biola called Barry Corey. His dad was the district superintendent at one point of uh, southern New England, which is Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts. He, he's still my favorite district superintendent because... This man, when he made, you, you were in his presence and you were in the presence of God. Just simply put. I, I knew God was in him. Um, and, and I just felt a sense of, of, of love, acceptance, interest that was genuine. Was not self-serving in any, any way, but was for very real. And his son wrote a book, and he mentions his dad at the beginning as his inspiration simply called Love Kindness. It's an easy book to read, too, even though it's written by a, you know, major university, Christian university uh, president. It's very easy to read, and I want to encourage you to pick it up. You'll be challenged, because he was, he's very real in the book, talking about his struggles sometimes to love people. 
but it's something that you learn. It's something you put yourself out there. Not all of Christianity comes easy, amen? Sometimes we say, God really wants me to do this. God, can you hold my hand and help me to go through it? There's been times I've had to make decisions in life and do things in life. It was the hard thing to do. It was not the easy thing to do. It didn't come automatically. I wasn't happy when I was getting started to do it, but I knew I simply had to walk through that. Can I tell you something? God was with me. God was with me. In certain ways, when I began to know and learn that, that God is with us through our deepest, darkest times. Amen? He is there. He is there, and he will walk with you through your deepest, darkest times. Amen. Okay? Okay, I, I know, I got stuck. Goodness and love. One of the things that Barry said that I've got to share is he said we need to be people to those around us with soft edges and firm centers. Okay? You know where he's coming from? The center is truth. The center is Christ. Jesus is the truth. The center is Christ. I need to be strong in knowing what I believe, but I need to have soft centers in accepting and embracing the world that is around me. Whether they're lovable or not, how can I be Jesus to them? And we've all had people we've struggled with. We've all had jobs we didn't like, where things didn't go down, things weren't fair. But God walks through us. We are called to do those things. I know, it's nice to talk about our calling of these wonderful things that God has for you and for me. And I wanted to make sure I mentioned that at the beginning. But sometimes our calling brings us in very dark places. And if we're faithful, we're faithful through those things. I believe the glory, the light on the other side is just incredible. Not just for those things, but also in the future, what God has for us in eternity is eye has not seen, ear has not heard the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Okay, goodness, faithfulness, and go to the, is the next slide on that? Gentleness, self-control, okay, self-control. The old King James word was temperance. I kind of like that word because the word temper is inside the word temperance. So self-control has to do is control your temper. Against such things, there's no law, okay, there's no law. And what Paul is saying, that when Christ sets you free and you begin to live and walk and bear fruit, that you will be an overcomer, okay? And next verse on this. um, Okay, those who belong to Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Okay, keep going. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So don't look around at somebody else. Don't turn around and think about how great you are. 
or put yourself down either, okay? But Paul stops after naming all these things. He says, don't be conceited. I almost wonder how did that thought even get in there, other than he must have been dealing with it with people like you and me who lived in the province of Galatia. Okay, next verse. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And stop there just, just for a moment before we go to the next verse. Thank you. Okay. What are we offering first? Your body. Okay. God wants your body. I don't care whether it's your, your young body, old body, decrepit body, okay? Memory failing body, God wants your body. And it's funny how he starts there, okay? That's the first thing he mentions as a living sacrifice. I think if God gets our body, it's not, it doesn't say your mind, it says your body. Why is that mentioned first? It must be important. So he wants, I think God, God is saying, if I have your body and you're not concerned about what you're going to eat or drink, like the Sermon of the Mount, okay? If I'm not concerned of what man can do to me, if I know God feeds the birds of the air and takes care of them, provides a home for them, somehow God will take care of me. All those things are related to our bodies. Okay, so we need to present and offer our bodies a living sacrifice. This goes right along with what we just read in Galatians 5. Holy and pleasing to God, this is your true and proper worship. Starts with your body. Number, go to the next one. And then we have our second part. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. Okay, now when I know Christ, I know I didn't get that from the world. As we used to say, the world didn't give it to me. The world can't take it away. Okay, so I don't want to be conformed to the world or I'm going to go back, I'm going to start learning to operate how I was operating in the world. Now, I'm called to love the world as people, but the world's system of thought, you've been set free from. Then you'll be able to test, oh, oh, I skipped it, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, your body, then your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And what God's will is, is the idea of what is your calling. Become your calling by offering your body and your mind and yourself to him. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, perfect will. I think one more verse. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment. I would say sober judgment comes from looking at God's word, what the word says about us and to us. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. So, I hope that this is helpful. Uh, I hope it's a reminder to to us as as the body that uh, God has God loves you. Gee, he's, he he gave his only son for you. 
He's, he's, he's put his spirit in you to, to live, to walk in him, and that he has a purpose and calling he wants to fulfill in your life, no matter what stage of life you're in. Whether you're young, see, God, God can use young people. God can use even little ones. Peg and I have stories of our four-year-old sitting in the back of the car with her grandparents. We heard this secondhand. We weren't there. But our two oldest children are getting a ride with their uh, grandparents, Papa Joe and Nana. And one of them simply says, Papa Joe, do you know Jesus? You might say, gee, I don't know if I could have done that. Well, it's great. There's no filter because of the love of God and the singleness of heart and mind. That's why sometimes God says we need to become like kids. So um, God, has, God has called us to give our bodies, our minds to him. So um, let me close. Sorry, sorry for going, going a little bit too long today, but thank you for staying with me. But I get the sense uh, yep. today that y- there are some of you that might be here today that you're struggling with the, the sense that God has a call on your life, that maybe you are in a particular job or a phase of life or something's happened and you feel disqualified or an event of what nature, and you say, how could I possibly, uh, am I, how can I possibly be in God's will? at this stage? How could God use this? How can, am I, could I be in my calling? And I just want to ask you when you close, would you pray for folks who might be struggling with that, who can't see the fact that this season I'm in, I feel like I'm stuck. How could this be God's calling? Or, man, things that are in my heart to do. I'm not in God's calling, but maybe you are and you don't know it. You know, uh, we go through seasons like that. And just, um, you mentioned that earlier that different phases in your life that you were walking through that you felt like you were alone. It was the hard things, you f- but you saw God was there. And it, you can look back now and say, maybe that prepared me for this. And some of you might be there. Mm-hmm. And I just want, when you close, Amen. would you just pray for the folks here who might be feeling that this morning? Amen. 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 Father, we do thank you for for loving on us, having a plan for us, and for how you've been with us throughout our lives and will be with us. Father, I, I do pray for those that are just thinking, Lord, I love what I'm doing. I thank you for that. Help me to keep doing it, to be faithful to you. For those that maybe wonder what they're doing now and, and don't see that your hand maybe is is upon them and, and feel maybe kind of lost with it and did God abandon me somehow? And I, I pray, Lord, that you would speak your reassurance to them that you haven't left them. That you are there, Lord God. Whatever the difficulty is, God, that you are there standing with them. Help them, Lord, to Give whatever's there, whatever, uh, whatever negativity there is, whatever 
lack of fulfillment, whatever uh, thing that has come upon them, Lord God, that just says, what am I doing? And uh, Lord, I pray that you would give them uh, a word, a, a, a perhaps uh, an encouragement somehow that you would speak to their very heart, uh, that that would say, I am with you. Do not be afraid. I've called you to live a free life. I'm speaking fulfillment to you that is only in me and that is in your purpose that I've called you to. Father, may we return to our first love, embrace you, keep you in front of us at all times. May you add joy to the life that has felt it lacking. May you add peace where there's no peace and yet people have been faithful. Lord, may you give hope to maybe where there's been only glimmers. Lord, may we embrace the fact that you are with us once again, Lord God, that if that is God, I pray that in Jesus' name, Lord, that person would receive it back, Lord, by your Holy Spirit and by, by affirmation, Lord God. Father, thank you. Thank you for each person here today, and thank you, God, for those listening. Uh, Lord, cause us uh, to uh, lift you up, to leave those things that do easily ensnare us at times, to have victory over the things that seem like there's no victory. Lord God, thank you for the calling that we have. Lord, may we know uh, that you are at the center. We pray in your name. Amen. 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 Thank you, Ben.